Hello and welcome back to our devotions on Holy Week. I hope that you have had quiet, restful, contemplative week um, in the past two days and hopefully today as well. But you will take time to just contemplate on God and His goodness to us and our need for God as well. And then tomorrow um, will be Monday Thursday. Um, we'll be having Holy Communion. But our service will also be a little different We'll have what is called the Tenebrae service. If you Google that, T-E-N-E-B-R-A-E. -E. It's a service where we read um, the sequence, the Word of God, from the sequence of leading to the crucifixion of Christ. It will be a very meaningful time, and I encourage you to come um, just to participate with us in this service. And then Good Friday, we will again uh, take time to reflect on the death of Christ. And Sunday, Sunday will be a joyful day, a day of celebration as we celebrate the birth of Christ. But today I want to talk more about the mercy of God and um, the goodness of our God. And I want to reflect on Psalm chapter 30, the 30th Psalm. Let us pray. Father, speak the realities of life, the truths of you to us that we may know you more and more, especially in this time of Holy Week when we pause to contemplate your love, that we may know your nature, we may know what you are like. So Lord, even as we listen to this passage, this psalm, speak deeply into our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 30 I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints. Give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favour is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favour, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for mercy. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me, O Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I would title this psalm, The Prayer of a Penitent, Arrogant Man. This psalm was brought about by the humiliation and the uh, dethroning of a very arrogant man. But in his penitence, in his uh, debts, he cried to the Lord for mercy. And then once again, we see descriptions of God's goodness and God's love. And so two lessons that we can learn. First, the futility of our successes, of our arrogance. And second, the extent of God's love for us. Let's look at what had gone wrong for this psalmist. He said in verse 6, as for me, I said in my prosperity, 
I shall never be moved. This man was an arrogant man. He thought that he had built his own future, that he had built his own fortune, and that he was successful and prosperous because of his efforts. And when he looked at all that he had, maybe his shareholdings, his properties, all his assets, he felt so secure within himself. I cannot be moved. He had great security in the things that he owned. And so great was his security that he felt that nothing could bring him down. And then he realized the stupidity, the folly of what he thought. Because in verse 7 he says, By your favour, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face, I was dismayed. This psalmist suddenly discovered that the only reason he was successful and strong and prosperous was because God was there. And God held him up and made his mountain stand strong. It was God who gave him good fortune. It was God who prospered him. It was God who sustained him. And the moment God turned his face from him, his fortunes collapsed. This man discovered that all his security was worth nothing and that he was only doing well because God was with him and God sustained all that he had. It's a very important lesson for all of us. So often we gather a lot of things for our security. We feel so safe with our securities. I have a friend who... Um, very young age, at 40, he told me that he had seven, he had homes in seven of the safest countries in the world, most of them in Europe. And he felt very secure because when, if anything happened in Singapore, if there was a war in Singapore, if a tsunami struck Singapore, he would simply fly off to one of his homes in the seven countries where he had homes. Very, very rich man. He found his security in his homes. But today, as I look at the situation in Europe, first the COVID and then the wars, wonder how he feels about security in these places. Overnight, these safe places become unsafe. Some of us own properties in Singapore. Others of us have lots of wealth in banks, in shares, in stocks. And they look like we're doing very well. We may have a prosperous, prospering business or even a church that is doing extremely well. But when we look at history alone, we discover that nothing is stable. And the Word of God tells us that nothing really is stable unless God is there. That God upholds the mountains and the fortunes that we have. If we were at any time to think that... The things that we have amassed, the riches that we have amassed, brings us prosperity. Think again. Because at any time God turns his face from us, everything that we have collapses. So this man had his fortunes collapse before his eyes. And that was when he discovered something else about God. That God is not a vengeful God. The first thing he discovered was in first verse 1 when he says, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. God does not take pride in humiliating a person. Sure, this psalmist had fallen flat, 
he had lost his fortunes. But God isn't one who gloats over his destruction or his humiliation. God would not allow his foes to rejoice over him. You see, our God is a very caring God. There are times when he will bring us low, bring us to our senses. But it is not God's delight to see us suffer, see us laughed at, see us put to shame. God loves us far more than that, even in our fallenness. The second truth is then found in verse 2. It talks about God restoring the psalmist. Verse 2, he says, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. You have brought up my soul from show. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. The psalmist had entered into depression. He felt like he was in hell. He was having a terrible time. He had reached, hit rock bottom. And God was not about to leave him there rock bottom. God would lift him up and restore him. Think about the times when we have fallen. We thought that God was so angry with him, with us, he would leave us alone. And yet think again of how even in the depths of our misery, in our depths of our depression, God restores us and lifts us up. We have a God who does not delight in evil towards us rejoices in the truth and in goodness. The third discovery that he made is really refreshing. It's, it is that God has a very short memory of our faults, of our sins, and a very long memory of his love for us. In verse 5, the psalmist says, For his anger is but for a moment, and his light in his favour is for a lifetime. His anger is but for a moment, and his favour is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. The psalmist experienced a great fall. Because he had become arrogant, God has turned, had turned his face away from him. But the psalmist says that even God's anger is so short, it's, for, it's only for a moment. But when God gives his favour, it is for a lifetime. I want us to ponder this for a while. We often talk very much about an angry God, a God who is angry with our sin and upset with us. The psalmist tells us a very different story. There are times when we really make God angry with our arrogance. There are times when we sin and we, our downfall is great. And yet we need to remember that we have a God who has a terribly, terribly short memory when it comes to our sins. It's like a parent who is angry at a child at that moment because the child has transgressed. But the moment the child turns around, the moment the parent sees tears in the child's eyes, all the anger evaporates. And what the child experiences is just the love and the embrace of the parent. And then the psalmist says, but his love is lasts for a, his favor lasts for a lifetime. God doesn't get angry with us very quickly. In fact, he is always trying to give us his favor to love us. If only we would acknowledge that and receive from him. And then 
The psalmist then, because of the mercy of God, because he knows how merciful God is, he pleads for God for mercy. Verse 8, To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for mercy. You know, when we plead for mercy, we are not pleading to a God who is hard-hearted, who withholds his love. We plead for mercy from a God, to a God, who only wants so much to let go of his anger and to hold us in his arms, to extend his mercy towards us. You see, God wants us to be joyful. God wants us to blossom, to jump with joy. He says in verse 9, the psalmist says, What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Now this is not about God wanting people to praise him, wanting people to uh, flatter him. But the meaning of this is this, that God, you want us to be joyful. You don't want us to be dead and flat out. You want our hearts to be full of joy, of gratitude, of praise. Basically, you want to make us happy. You want to bring joy into our lives. Think of it, all of us. How God delights to bring joy into our lives. Lest we think that we have a God who wants to punish us again and again. Think again of how much our God really wants to give us joy. And so, in verse 11, the psalmist concludes, You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth, clothed me with gladness. Today, as we pause to think about our God, I ask that we begin to change our perspective of God. There will be times when God will turn us around and cause us to fall because we have turned, become arrogant. We have not acknowledged that all our good fortunes, all our safety and security comes only from Him. And God does that only for one reason, not because he is vain or he's jealous in that sense, but simply because he needs us to turn to him, because we need to depend on God. And it is only when we depend on God that we can really find our security and our prosperity. And so each time we find ourselves becoming arrogant and thinking that our success comes from us, please stop again. And realize that the only reason why we prosper is because God holds, looks upon us and lifts us up. And the moment we attempt to live without God, our world will collapse. Let's continue to bear this in mind that we only have prosperity and success when God is holding us and we are turning to Him. But remember too that we have a very loving God. A God who doesn't delight in our suffering, but who rejoices when he sees joy in us. Shall we then pray? Father, help us to know you as you really are, the God from whom all blessings flow, that in every aspect of our lives we may depend on you, we may rest in you, we may keep our eyes on you, Teach us, Lord, to depend on you and to acknowledge 
that all that we have, all the security we have, comes from you. We thank you too for your great mercy towards us, in that even after we have sinned, even when we have fallen really far, you are reaching out to us because you love us very much. Allow us to realize this truth day by day. As we pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Well then, we hope that this week continues to be a really meaningful week for each of you. God bless you. Goodbye.